a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Well, actually, it was a few weeks ago now, and it's still a behind-the-scenes episode, y'all. Everybody, it's Chris here. Yeah, so we couldn't get our schedules synced up uh, because January is just a very insane month. But a few of the cast members got together and they talked about some Star Wars. So uh, the episodes are pretty great and we wanted to have some content available to you all. So here is more of Hope, Jess, Charles, and Colton. So uh, one thing is uh, we asked a lot of our our wonderful, wonderful Discord patrons, patrons, Discord listeners, uh, to give us some questions. And as always, they are fantastic, and they came through. Um, I, 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 we might not get to everybody's questions, but there's a few things that I wanted to talk about. Um, two of these kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other. So Dr. Geekery and Anne both asked about our fashion styles for our characters. Uh, Dr. Geekery said, how do you decide the fashion sense for each of your flat characters? And Anne said, I'm working. Anne is great, by the way. It makes Lego scenes of our characters, and they're fantastic. We love it. Um, and Anne said, I'm working on the Squant Crew Lego. Do you have requests for looks, outfits, and accessories? And you can see those Legos if you join our Discord, which is free. There is no Patreon. There is no paywall. You, can you just don't even have join. to talk to us. You don't have to talk to us. <laughs> you can join the Discord. It is in the link for the show notes. Uh, and we, we post it all the time everywhere. So if you want to actually see those these fantastic fucking Legos that Anne does. Just message one. Yeah, and just message one of us if you can't find it. And we'll be like, hey, we'll tell you. We'll, like, hey, we'll you tell know. you where it is. We'll show you. We'll send you the link. We'll throw it at you. We'll stick it to a brick and then hit an Imperial with it. <laughs> um. I think For Zero me. is the most likely to hit an, an Imperial Rick. <laughs> no, it's so true. <laughs> I am so, I will say, I'm very bummed that Robin's not here because I wrote my favorite question in the doc, which is, from Zero's point of view, what is Star Wars? And I'm so bummed oh. that Robin is not here for that. <laughs> get, get Robin to record the response and then edit that response in. I'm thinking about putting a pin in and just asking them at the beginning of next session when we're all together and be like, Robin, you missed this question. Because I was so excited to hear what Zero thinks Star Wars is so far <laughs> from their experience in For Light and Dice. So, yeah. So, everybody, how, uh, what did you choose for your fashion choices and why? Jedi cosplay. <laughs> like, Yariel genuinely wears Jedi cosplay. Not Jedi robes. Did you just say Yariel or Coriel? Yeah, it's like, Coriel, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Coriel specifically wears Jedi cosplay. He doesn't wear exact Jedi robes because then he might, you know, he doesn't want to get charged with impersonating a Jedi. But he wears, you know, robes that give off Jedi vibes. And, you know, if he has to do a force trick, people just assume. <laughs> Right? He never stated, ever, that he's a Jedi. But, you know, people just believe, and those those robes help. Um, 
So just the lightsaber hanging off his belt. Don't think I didn't notice that that lightsaber doesn't have a kyber crystal and that Lysander at the end of the Naboo arc got a kyber crystal. I'm sure it won't come up. I'm sure that <laughs> this will come not up. Holy shit, you're relevant. right. Don't, don't, you're think, right. don't think I didn't notice that. Chris. Because I noticed that. Oh my god. Um, also, I'm not sure if I should say this, but I'm going to anyway. If Chris doesn't want this in the episode, he can cut it out. Chris just um, bleeps it out like a minute of, <laughs> of a minute bleep. long bleep. Um, but in flad canon um that jedi lightsaber hilt belongs to elzar man uh coriel and elzar gambled for it uh (laughs) coriel hid his force powers to trick elzar into doing a qui-gon qui-gon jinn versus wado scenario and then uh turned it around on elzar uh um but gave uh elzar back the kyber crystal because coriel was like uh, this crystal didn't choose me. That I just, makes I just me... want the hilt. <laughs> I just want the that hilt makes... here. That makes me more like impressed that Gaz actually beat Coriel at Dyson Fair Square. <laughs> I know. I, I Coriel is still like that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the power of being the main character. <laughs> yeah. No. That's yes. That's yes. Well, I don't think we've actually mentioned this yet so far in the show, but Jess, didn't Lysander get, like, a character model upgrade? Yeah. Fifteen uh, seasons? I also was, like, been, like, doodling, which I haven't posted any of those either, like, trying to <laughs> upgrade Lysander, because I feel like he needs a little makeover. It's like... <laughs> I'm going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> Comes out with black hair. Uh, I Charles follows my my private Twitter, so he saw where I joked. I was like, I'm gonna give Lysander blue hair and pronouns. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think um, I contributed to that joke. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I was the one that was like, you should give him pink hair. Yeah, pink hair. <laughs> No, oh my god, now I'm just thinking about Hikaru and Kaoru Charles. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh no, we can we cannot we cannot get on a Ren High School Host Club, which badly <laughs> no. needs an update. Uh, yeah. it badly um, needs a remake with a different voice cast and some uh, some updated writing. Yes. It could be no. very good. They just have to update the writing from the mid two thousands. Uh, and get a different sure. well get one different voice cast member <laughs> yes but, just um, the one just the one you, yes, that's just, why you watch it in japanese but um lysander uh technically i'd drawn him with a different outfit that i said would be his like season two outfit which is more like uh <laughs> it's still like the same color scheme because i i'm just gonna why am I, su- I I wanted to say I'm just going to assume as if I'm not the one who <laughs> controls and makes up everything about Lysander. No, uh, Lysander, I'm going to say Lysander's like favorite color is like that maroonish color that his like little capelet is. Um, he doesn't have his capelet anymore, which I'm just like, maybe I'll, I'll give it back to him. Maybe I won't, but he is wearing more of like a, a blazer moment. Why? <laughs> uh, to my recollection, too, the the season one quote unquote design was a little lighter and more white because of the shirt. Oh yeah, because his now like it's... turtleneck is like more of the light color, and now with his like blazer over top of it, it's like a darker color scheme. 
almost almost like he's less light side but it's not quite dark side it's moving in a different third direction <laughs> a secret third thing a secret, secret third, third thing, thing. <laughs> yeah almost like that's being reflected in the visual design on purpose it wasn't on purpose it's just me like sometimes looking at things and being like i think that'd be a fun outfit uh i still might give him a cape again you know a fun little cape moment or uh or a poncho as is star wars tradition ponchos and ponchos yeah i think every every star wars character needs to wear at least one once i that's my Star Wars I have too. actually been eyeing a poncho for Gauze. <laughs> yeah, doesn't Zero also but wear a poncho? Zero wears a they poncho. They do, they do. Um, but the the one I, um, ever since I, uh, th- this very short tangent, uh, I love Digimon, and they recently had a, the, uh, a movie come out with the O2 kids, wh- who are my favorites, and I went to see it, and my favorite character, Yo Lee, has this really cute pink poncho, in the movie, and like the moment I saw it, I was like, Gauze needs that. <laughs> Gauze needs a pink poncho. <laughs> it's very cute. It's very cute. Um, actually, I will send you a picture of it, right? I will send you all. You can cut this out, Chris, because this is an audio medium. <laughs> but uh, I actually just said on Twitter that I wish that she could have something very similar to this. Um, but I've actually, speaking of that, I'm actually in the process of waiting to get some artwork back for new artwork for Gauze. Um, because her choice right now was more practical. Um, she, she wears like a little bomber jacket, but and the jacket does have sentiment to her. But the artwork that I have being made for Gauze is where I want to get her. It's not where she is right now, but it's a goal of mine of where I want her to be. And something that nobody knows is Gauze actually has a really good sense of very high-end fashion. Um, I can and see that. I've, yeah, and I'm currently writing a story, and there are so far four different outfits. <laughs> From lake dress to ball gown. Um, and it's a, I, it's a, I hope just likes dress porn. <laughs> See, this is why it's, it was so sad that Lysander and Gauze didn't have a fun shopping moment on Naboo like Lysander and Wynn did. I think it would have been a very shocking, surprising thing about that, though, because she also has a lot of negative feelings around that. But to, to answer the question, um, the reason that her current fashion sense is the way it is is it's more practicality and she gets her little bomber jacket because it was the very first thing she bought on Coruscant. So it does have a little sentiment to her. So, mm-hmm. Hey, why does Wynn dress the way they do? Uh, firstly, uh, the, the only thing I could think of the entire time you were talking about the bomber jacket was, oh my God, Gauze is so Nico D'Angelo coded. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's just where my brain went. No, when Haha, <laughs> I don't know what that means. If, if you know, you know. <laughs> okay. As, as long as it wasn't bad, I guess? Uh, no, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's very it's good. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't have to kick Charles on the call. <laughs> so, 
Wynn's design didn't go through a lot of iterations as far as why they dress the way they dress. Originally, I, I had pitched... So this is why generative AI art is trash garbage, and you should never use it. Also, it's incredibly morally wrong and unethical. Uh, but working... Hey, my friends have lost their jobs because of it. Thanks. It's, it's trash garbage. Don't use it. Uh, but if you contract an actual artist who knows what they're doing with their eyeballs and their experience and their brain, then you can get things like this. I had originally thought that Wynn's outfit was going to be more colorful, and particularly that it was going to include more deep lavender colors in it, uh, because I wanted... Really? Really. It was going Lima to be more colorful. lavender. Hmm. Sort of lavender and very deep violet colors in this outfit, because I wanted something that was kind of different than the Corellians that we'd seen. And I... When I got the concept art for Wynn and I was working with Jordan, who was the concept artist who did the concept, original concept art for Wynn, they tried to make it work and they were like, look, this, this just isn't working. This just doesn't look good. Sorry. Like, I've tried and tried and tried, but with the skin tone that you've picked for this character, the color's great and it doesn't work. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. So we switched over to doing a slightly different thing. Wynn dresses very, very... Uh, sort of down-to-earth, sort of muddy colors, sort of dirt colors. And part of this is because Wynn is not a character who really likes to stand out. They're also a character who's kind of clobbed together their wardrobe over the course of this trip. So Wynn left the Bind Guild basically with the clothes they had on at the time and have basically grabbed the first outfit they were able to vaguely afford to change out of, and that's what they've been wearing up until they got to Naboo. But it's these very dark colors, these brownish colors, in part because, one, I wanted to invoke Corellia, but two, I wanted to invoke a character who very specifically was in the underclass of this planet of Corellia. That when you think of a character who's from, like, like a high society, high volume planet like that, you're going to think somebody who's more colorful, somebody who's more city slicker sort of person. And Wynn's not that. Like the opening of the short story that I wrote for Wynn that I promise we are one reveal away from me being able to post. You're doing better than I am with my reveals. I don't know when. I'm one reveal away. <laughs> <laughs> opening literally talks about them playing in the dirt as as the starting point Aww. for the character so the idea that they come from this sort of they are so low on the totem pole that they are on the literal fucking ground on this basically city shipyard planet and there's somebody that comes from you know a working class family a blue class blue collar family that their parents work in these industrial factories and, and these industrial plants was something that I wanted to invoke with the character. And I think it's interesting to contrast that the, the two people who are from more rural areas, As Lysander and Gauze, dress much more flamboyantly than the one character who's from one of the major metropolitan areas of the, of the galaxy. And I think that that shows these three characters 
the journey that they've been on to hit the point where their visual design communicates things about them, but also stands in some contrast to their backstory. You don't look at these characters and immediately identify this character. Well, I mean, Gaza is from Dragor 3, and we know that because she's a Gazo. But you don't immediately identify, look at the characters and identify, oh, that's somebody who's from a farm. That's somebody who's from a city planet. Um, I so, also um, did have Cori. I mean, Coriel is also from a farming community originally. Ooh. Um, oh. Let's go farm. Because <laughs> <laughs> from everything I've read about Quermia is that it still is very rural, like even in like imperial days. Um, because it's just like it is a perfectly created uh, terraformed planet. Because Cormians are actually genetic experiments. Um, the Zexto, which are the smaller, long-necked, four-armed species, uh, were a bunch of them were taken, turned into Quermians, and then put on like a perfectly terraformed garden planet, and then fifty thousand years happened. Um, which so uh, that's kind of why Coriel is like so fancy because he he he's trying to get away from being farmer so i i so badly chris i'm throwing this out into the ether want us to ride some sort of critter <laughs> just to watch the city slicker have to struggle with it um Bathomir arc when I, well i i just do find it uh something as you were talking like um because dirt and earth is actually something very like i don't want to say sacred to gods but it's something that's very personal because her family does own a farm and so, like, it's like being on Coruscant for so long where there's really just no earth. There's no ground. There's no grass. There's no any of that. Um, that like I, I'm actually really excited to get her on Lysatra, actually, because it's very, very similar probably to her home for her just to, like, lay out in dirt and grass and just be like, yes! <laughs> Versus, like, when he was just like, ugh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. Also... Everyone. Also, be before we move on to the next question, I do want to directly answer Anne's question. Uh, the Sarlacc lava lamp. <laughs> I I would like I would like uh, there to be a tiny lava lamp in the background of some of these photos because the lava lamp is just sort of there, and I have to imagine it's like fucking bolted to the cockpit at this point. It has to at this point. It has to be. I, I Gospel's actually really bad about almost wanting to sacrifice Wynn's lava lamp. <laughs> There's a lot of things that Gos hasn't apologized for that she has internalized, and that's one of them. Uh, um, the the lava the lava lamp is a thing because Anne is very Anne is very very good at recreating the energy of these scenes almost exactly, and like some scenes when we'll have like the calf cup. That's the other thing. I don't know if this is a thing. Uh, but the specifically the iced coffee cup, uh, that would be another thing. Would be the iced coffee cup as opposed to just the regular coffee cup. After taking all the damage in the last couple sessions from when she wants to take back her world's best pilot cup from <laughs> like, <laughs> like mark it out. Um, just when's when's ability. Wynn is interesting as a pilot. 
just because I, I didn't want to play a character who necessarily was the best at piloting all the time. Because I think this is a thing with Star Wars that the characters, when they have a specific job, you tend to want them to be the best at whatever that job is, or at least really good at it. Wynn is a very, very, very good pilot. They have a natural skill for it. There are some handicaps that they have, particularly the squonk. I think that the squonk <laughs> has done a really good job of reining in sort of Wynn's natural piloting ability because now they have to contend with a ship that hates them, that they also kind of hate back, and that's not always going to behave or do the things that Wynn wants it to do. So I think that's that's been something interesting to play with this pilot character to have to deal with this situation that most pilots in the galaxy are not going to have to deal with. I will say that Wynn and the Squonks, enemies to lovers, no, uh, is, no. is, is a topic that I'm bringing up later. I actually not, have it in my notes. No, we're not talking plane, about plane, cargo plane ship. On the trolley. <laughs> not cargo ship. Just know that in our Discord server that, once again, we're saying that you should join. Um, they, uh, did, they are the best. They, they were, like, joking and saying, oh, yeah, the... The enemies to lovers. <laughs> Win Somebody and tagged me. And Somebody then... tagged me, and I was like, "We don't need to talk about cargo ship here." Yeah, freaking Charles naming the ship, <laughs> being like, "We don't I... need to talk about cargo ship." I'm going to actually say later on we have a question that says, "What has been each player's favorite off the wall discussion?" For me, it was that. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I was not expecting to open the Discord server and then scroll through that conversation and be like, "What?" <laughs> I fully expect. Y'all made my night. Uh, I think we need to move anyway, on to the next yeah. question. <laughs> we do. So it's from Jaina. And is there anything that you guys struggle with as players? Um, I, I will open this up. Uh, I actually struggle with active listening. Um, I'm a very visual person. I'm not an audio audio person at all. Um, which is why, in not the last session, but the one before, I completely miss that the dark side force statue was actually a statue another I just box kept, i kept hearing box it's like a box and i was so confused why we were just not opening a box <laughs> it did not and it wasn't until i listened to the episode again i was like that's a statue <laughs> so about two weeks i was just very confused by all my other players because i just did not understand the choices that were being made because <laughs> i am not very good at processing audio uh, so that, that Jaina is the thing that I struggle the most with. So I have to very actively listen and it takes up a lot of my brain power. <laughs> but what about everybody else? Is that, what, what do you struggle with while playing? Uh, dice that don't do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't help you there. Uh, fun Aren't fact. you supposed to max min your skills for that? Well, yeah, but sometimes the dice do what the dice do. Uh, I actually had a recent other TTRPG character death that just happened, so it's <laughs> it's not just this game. <laughs> I I do, I, it, and I'm, I'm going to ask this honestly. Is there a thing in TTRPGs where players can have, like, death mulligans or something? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, if you talk, like... When one end died, I think it was very, it could have been very easy if I was like, one end backed up on the one in 2000 and then uh, 
a new one in is produced, right? And just kept playing one in. But I was like, ah, I want to, I want to see what else I can do. Um, it like it. Most DMs, if they're nice, will be like, they'll come up with something to not have you actually die. Um, okay. I had one character that died and then forged a warlock pact, um, for like this evil entity to like bring them back to life, and that added a new interesting thing right like there's there's a lot of things you can do it's just okay you gotta talk to your gm okay i wasn't sure if it was taboo anyway everybody else what is your what what do you struggle with one thing that i struggle with is having information that the character does not and making sure that i'm incorporating making sure that my character is acting on the information that the character possesses not i as the player possess so, for example, one thing that I thought about was, uh, like, with the, the last episode, Wynn firing the first time. Because if Wynn had known that there was people on that, they would not have fired so quickly on it when Coriel called. But because Wynn doesn't know that information, Wynn fired on the thing. Even though I, as the player, knew that information. I knew that there was people on the pod, and, but the character doesn't. So the character is gonna gonna fire, or even just you know emotional beats like making sure that Win is not acting upon a scene that I have heard, but they did not. It's something that I've gotten pretty okay proficient at, but it's still something I have to check myself occasionally and say, okay, the character the character does not know this. Damn. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm very much like you hope where it's also like it I have trouble with like actively listening to. Um, that might be because of my ADHD. But hey! uh, that's that's why a lot of the time if you all ever see me making stupid tweets also <laughs> well we're actively recording it's because i need to be doing multiple stuff at once where it's like hope you said you need to like spend all your energy to like focus and listen me i have to be doing multiple things at once for me for me to like be able to focus because if i start to sit and do one thing for too long my brain will be like it's time to be one and two (laughs) i have like a little anxiety thing that i twist but i try not to twist it because i don't want my microphone to pick it up (laughs) um and i click pins a lot i'm a pin clicker and i am just like having to do it away from the the microphone so it doesn't make chris's life a nightmare (laughs) i I feel you on that in fairness to jess the reason that we see all of the unhinged stuff that they post on twitter during our sessions is because many of us are also on twitter while recording (laughs) i also yeah i I try to sit as still as possible when recording because I don't want to make a lot of noise because I, I like feel self-conscious and I'm like, sorry, Chris. So this is just a big apology to Chris. We are so sorry for all the noises. Yeah, I'm sorry. not eat shit. <laughs> but yeah, mine is also just trying to actively listen because then I will miss something too and I act like I know what's going on but I don't like half the time. 
I'm at least worse. you didn't do what I do with uh, when gods just try to break a statue thinking it's a box. So. I'm worse in another game because I play an investigative character. I play oh a God. character whose whole thing is like looking into stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I'm an idiot. Like I'm a stupid idiot person. So one of our DMs will be like, "Did you figure out all the clues?" And I'm like, "No, I'm a dumb. I'm an idiot." <laughs> No, what, was, also, what did I miss? I also have like another TTRPG character who is like a detective. This is like a Pathfinder game. Um, and it's funny because his name is Law Justice and he's a detective. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, why did, I, why did I do this? And I'm a fucking dumbass over here. When it's just like, oh, Law, did you figure it out? Me, Jess, the player, like, <laughs> hold on. I was not paying attention, so I have no idea what's happening. So. <laughs> so our next question definitely seems like. <laughs> I'm still laughing at Law Justice. Yeah, sorry, Law Our Justice. next question is very appropriate to this, this topic of conversation that's currently happening. Hey, what has been everyone's favorite off-the-wall discussions? Thank you, Hypnotic Nurse. By the way, I'm using everyone's Discord names because I don't have permissions to use real names because we love you. So if you want, if it's cool if I use your real name in the future, just let me know. Um, what's everyone's favorite off-the-wall discussions or how often do we get off-topic during sessions? Constantly. Constantly. <laughs> all the like time. 90% of our recording. Actually, no. I'm, I'm going to walk that back. Because I walk it back too, because we we usually chat for sometimes thirty minutes to an hour before we start recording, and I feel like we get a lot of it out of there. Yeah, I can I can speak to so three of the four people in this call currently have podcasts: myself, Hope, and Jess. Colton has been a guest on my podcast multiple Hello. times, so <laughs> I feel like when I say this, I feel like there may may not be as much disagreement. Recording for Light and Dice. So from the moment we hit record to the moment we hit stop, we stay more on track than any podcast I have thus far recorded or heard having been recorded. And I think it's because, one, as Hope mentioned, we talk for like an hour ahead of time. But also, two, uh, I think it's because the nature of the game, that we're focused on playing this game and that we've got to keep our attention, we've got to keep the momentum going, as opposed and, to... And we want to play it, we want to play. Right. As opposed to when Colton and I are talking about Death Troopers, and Colton has to be treated to 20 minutes of explaining what an MMO is, what patches are, and the state of zombie media in 2007, before we can understand, which to be fair was not for Colton, it was mostly for Bradley, who was editing, but... Uh, we don't have we don't have to have that, nor do we wander off on a tangent to talk about Magic the Gathering for twenty minutes. That Bradley then has yeah. to edit out. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Jess. Would you say that you guys tangent more on RuPalps than oh, we do yeah. on does? I they they don't fucking listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. So I can I can say whatever I want. They won't know. They won't know. No one snitch on me. <laughs> yeah, those no motherfuckers, words. they go off on tangents all the time. And then I 
it always ends up being me, which is funny because like I'm the one who's also zoning out like half the time. <laughs> but then when I zone back in and realize they're going off on tangents, I'm just like, can we fucking not? Can we get back to the point of the the movie <laughs> or the, <laughs> whatever the fuck is happening? Um. So I am used to tangents, although yeah, we like Charles said, uh, we're pretty good at getting it all out before we jump in and then we can stay focused for the most part i i will say because i was laughing going into this question i do just want to read the whole question because the question's beautiful so the whole question was how often do y'all get off topic during your sessions and realize you've been discussing the improbable mating dance of rancor for the last 45 minutes this is a fantastic question thank you in fairness the times that we do tangent that end up having to get cut out a lot of times do have to deal with hold on let's go check wikipedia and or the essential <laughs> atlas of yeah. species or, or or charles having to explain to me what poppers are <laughs> It was me and Chris. Look, I feel like I feel like that conversation was prescient and ahead of its time because now I can just say, go watch Troy Savon's Rush video. It's basically that. Can I also say, Wynn and Lysander never probably caught her poppers. Just saying. She she did not get her poppers. Okay. They were not given to her. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, um, I feel like Wynn probably has more poppers than, or not but Wynn, I feel like Lysander has more poppers than Wynn does. This is a terrible conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, all right. Hey, this yeah. is an E for explicit oh. podcast, everyone. I have to say oh, that since Chris You know what? Uh, why don't we move on? Thank you, hypnotic nurse, for this. Uh, it, I think this goes into my favorite off-the-wall discussions. We're just going to move on completely. Um, what, unless anybody had, like, a really pressing thing for off-the-wall discussions. No, I think the poppers one takes the <laughs> I, think, I think internally within the show itself and not in the Discord, the poppers one is infamous. Even I though that pop- didn't even happen on, on like... <laughs> recording we had to explain to hope off recording what poppers were i think my favorite part of that though was there was a pause and then charles went are you taking notes i like learning things don't at me at oh me. my yeah, god look it's important it's important oh. if you write smut fan fiction to know different aspects of how these things can operate i do especially because i write comic and cantum fan fiction anyway you should definitely read fire and thread on ao3 thank you so much uh without spoilers everybody what is something that you're really excited about your character I'm going to choose random first. Oh, Jess made a noise first. Jess, you go first. <laughs> no, because I thought it was a stupid answer, not a legit answer. Say it, say it. The stupid answer was like <laughs> the Lysander and Marshy on rope date and poppers. Yes. Lysander <laughs> in his Troy Savon oh, rush no. era no. explaining poppers to Marshy on rope. <laughs> 
I have to think about oh, a legit Jesus. answer. Come back to me. Oh, we should, Colton, we should go. not be allowed to oh, podcast. Uh, um, at I, all. Like, this isn't a spoiler, because I don't actually think it's going to happen, though Chris is editing this, and I it might be putting ideas into his head. But uh, I, I really want Coriel and Yariel to meet. If only for the confusion. Um, cause, like, uh, it, I think it would be funny. Oh. But other than that, I don't really have anything. Coriel's just kind of going with the flow as of right now, so it's not necessarily a, a thing. Uh, ja uh, Charles. Charles! <laughs> Charles! <laughs> oh my gosh, just wait till we get to the back half of this. Uh, Charles, without spoilers, what is something you're excited about for your character? One of the interesting things for me for Wynn is that they, they didn't set out necessarily with the same level of ambition that I think some of the other characters have. Like, some of the characters have very, very clear, like, goals that they're going for, particularly Zero. You know, the goal is figure out where Zero comes from. Uh, or somebody like Lysander, whose goal is very much learn more about the Force and develop as a person when doesn't have those same like direct ambitions like their only thing when they started out was they eventually wanted to buy the ship out from under everybody else that has kind of gone away so what's interesting for me now and what i'm excited to see is just sort of where when goes as a character because when is very i don't know I don't know is the truthful answer as to where this character is going. Uh, I'm just curious to see what they get up to. I am excited for to dive a little bit more. Now that they're opening up a bit, I am excited to maybe dive a little bit more into other elements of their backstory that weren't their time with the Bind Guild. Uh, like I've mentioned on a previous BTS episode, I've mentioned like there's a really interesting dynamic that they have with their family. Uh, there is... Again, a major element of their backstory that I, I desperately want to be revealed on the show that I don't want to say in a BTS episode, but uh, it is very fun for me. Uh, or even things like I talked about in the Discord, like the idea that Wen has not always uh, identified as non-binary and how that happened, how that journey ties into their character. So that would say, be something I'm excited for is how learning more about this character and seeing where this character goes hand in hand with more about their backstory and why they are the way they are being explored. Jess, you ready or you want me to go? You can go first. Okay. Um, one thing that I'm really excited about is actually putting something, putting, putting a ball into Chris's court. Um, I am very excited about this character that I've created in Wynn's backstory, not Wynn, Goss's backstory, and this character is someone I just can't wait to see how Chris plays this person, um, because this person could either be, like, a very dark ally, uh, making a deal with the devil kind of person, this person could be a really cutthroat villain, like Martian Roe level of chaos kind of villain. This character could be very helpful if they want to be. 
This person could not care at all. They could also be a very nice person. And I purposely wrote this character to give Chris as many avenues possible to play this person. Um, or or the, they, it could be a mix of all of it. Like, And I don't know how Chris is going to play this person. And I'm very excited for that. Um, because this... I, I like this character a lot, and I can't wait to see this character. And I think this character um, could be very fun, but it could this this person could either be a really good ally or our worst nightmare. And I'm very excited. And Chris, I also have pictures now for you if you wish to have them. So, <laughs> um, and I won't say more than that. But I love them very much. <laughs> so. That is that is my thing that I'm very excited about because, yeah. All right, Jess, I can't put you off anymore. Yeah. <laughs> come on, okay. come on, Space Troy Savon, it's your turn. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Uh, I think what I'm looking forward to is definitely the edgy part of me is just like maybe I want Lysander to uh, have a little um i am evil for a bit moment but then through the power of love and friendship <laughs> realizes no <laughs> never mind sorry it was just a phase mom because um, <laughs> i'd be like that's fine dear <laughs> no I, your hair looks nice Gus is like i support you regardless <laughs> i dyed my feathers blue one time i feel you <laughs> uh yeah but i also uh like i keep saying uh Chris can't keep hiding Martian Rowe from me forever, so. <laughs> the, that's also what I'm looking forward to. Like, we're so close. There's, the fact that, like, Lysander was not on the ship when and when the rest of them got to talk to Martian. Granted, they didn't know it was Martian. But, but it was just like, dang it. <laughs> can, can you imagine what would happen if Chris accidentally rolls bad and we have a good roll? We accidentally, like, blow up Martian Rowe. Save the universe. Oh, it'd be great. We That'd get Lorna. So we get funny. Lorna D as the main villain, which is worse somehow. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I I, I also I want to I just it's speaking of villains I want to know who this mysterious person is. Yeah, Obsidian. Who like, is Obsidian's master? Like, what's going on? There? There's a lot of interesting, like, mystery and intrigue. Here's here's one of the fun things about For Light and Dice, is that there are elements we know, if we've played, if you've experienced the High Republic, that are mysteries to people who don't. Like, there are people who listen to the show that I know for a fact do not listen to any other Star Wars. They don't read (laughs) any other Star Wars, they don't watch any other Star Wars, they don't care, they don't even like Star Wars, but they like me, so they're watching the show. Or listening to the show. And they're like, they're following along, but there's things that are mysteries to them, like what was going to happen with the legacy run. And I was talking with them a little bit. I'm not going to say who it was, but I was talking to them a little bit about, they were like, yeah, I, I didn't really know what was going on during the great hyperspace disaster. Like I, I knew enough to know what was happening, but that was a mystery to me in a way that it would not have been to, you know, somebody else. But at the same time, there's stuff in the, the narrative that Chris is crafting and the narrative that Chris is telling alongside of us that are mysteries to everyone. You know, I thought I knew 
who the mysterious voice was. Yeah, I had... Yeah, me too. I, I thought, thought I knew, and I was wrong. So, there's... It, it's a story that's so well-crafted that I think it can be experienced by anyone, regardless of... You can be an expert like me in the High Republic, or you can be somebody who has never even watched a Star Wars before in your life and get the same thing. Which I think is... It speaks very highly to Chris's DMing experience. I can only say nice things about Chris when he's not here. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, it, I can only back. say I can only say <laughs> nice things when he's not present. But I think it does speak to his understanding both as a game master running the game for the players, but also someone who's sort of being an MC or a, a sort of a master of ceremonies for the entire audience as well. And I think he has a very strong understanding of that and what both groups of people need in order to make this show work. Uh, I have to be honest, it's uh, really weird getting a compliment from Charles, but I appreciate it. Anyway, y'all, we certainly hope you enjoy listening to this hilarious conversation, a little bit more uh, behind-the-scenes trivia, and also probably a lot of TMI moments. Just a quick reminder, this is an E for Explicit podcast. Uh, everybody, if you like the music that we use for the show, please check out Gruskov. They have compose a ton of really amazing music based on the high republic and other things so definitely check them out i'm actually using their music right now for my DD game so if you're into that kind of thing definitely check them out they're available on spotify youtube and other places where you can actually purchase their music outright uh once again y'all if you want to hang out with us you can find our x twitter account at for light and dice and there is a link on that profile that goes directly to our discord it is free for anybody that's fans of the show Definitely come join and hang out with us and the community of people that have been supporting us. We really appreciate it. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast platform, be it Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, uh, all of them. And uh, that's basically it, y'all. Thank you so much, and may the force be with you. <laughs>